right, we are live. It is Thursday here in Brooklyn, New York. Sports Social with Eddie Easton here on Soundcast FM. I got Miss Naomi Gray back. It is Thursday. Yes. So you already know it's it's not just that it's Thursday. It's the end of the week for us, but mm-hmm. um, it's also Throwback Thursday. Yeah. Which you know, I'm, and I thought because it is Throwback Thursday, I'm going to bring up some classic moments in sports. And actually, today's an anniversary of a moment. Yeah? Yeah, it is. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it does fall in the baseball realm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I know that <laughs> you, you, don't, you don't even have to guess what that meant. <laughs> but uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. Obviously, the biggest story is the NBA Finals in Game 3. And the Cleveland Cavaliers finally showed up and left the Warriors back in Golden State because... I don't know how to describe it. It, it, it was a beatdown. It was. Mm-hmm. But it was one of those, like, did the Warriors play bad or were the Cavaliers that much better? That's that's the big question when you think about it at the end of the day. Now, J.R. Smith finally woke up. <laughs> and I have to believe in history, in Twitter history, he has to be the most famous player, NBA player ever in Twitter history. The reason why I say this is because he could only score, I think he scored 19 points in this game. Any other player that's like, oh, you had a good game, you know, good job. When JR does it, there's a meme, there's a gif, there's everything, you name it. People <laughs> have something to say about JR Smith scoring 19 points. You know, people got the picture of him, uh, photoshopped Hennessy's holding. Right. <laughs> They're calling him because they go back to his quote about the whole pipe, you know, quote unquote pipe mm. situation. So they, they started throwing that out there. Oh, man. Um, you know, you name it. J.R. Smith, you know, he gives you stuff, too. And I'm going to play his little uh, post-game uh, reaction to a question a little bit later. Just, it, you know, because I do want to spend some time on J.R. Smith and the legacy that he is he has built in the NBA. And I think he's only been in the league, what, 10 years now? It has to be over 10 That's years, about- right? He's built a, a heck of a legacy, for, for better or for worse. Let's, let's be honest. I'm going to break that down. Uh, LeBron James, an amazing dunk. I mean, it was ridiculous. It was beautiful. It was like hell. It was amazing. I, I don't think I've ever seen. Uh, I've never seen him. He's always done this this dunk before, but he's never gotten this high to catch a lob. I mean, he was ridiculously up there. I, I don't even know how to really break that down. But I definitely, you definitely have to um, give him his credit, LeBron James. Is a beast. He's just a beast. Uh, he passed uh, Kobe Bryant on the all-time NBA final scoring list. He is now 10th all-time, so congratulations to him on that. I don't know if he cares. <laughs> Kobe's probably sitting back at home, like, you know, thinking about it. That's, that's, that's just Kobe, you know. It's a little crazy. Um, <laughs> definitely going to break down a lot of different things the, the Cavaliers did in this game because they really took Klay Thompson out, and I wasn't talking about the injury, uh, they took him and and Curry just out of their games completely. Curry's been he's looked terrible. These three games has looked horrible. I don't know if he's if it's any injuries or he just can't get open. Uh, I don't get it. For a guy that's the MVP, the guy that was so dominant, uh, it was to the point that they celebrated him getting MVP on NBA 2K by putting his rating up to a perfect 100 or 99 because they said that's the video game didn't do him justice. Mm. I think you need to lower that rating a little bit now. We're talking about maybe 80s because mm-hmm. he hasn't looked good at all. And uh, Draymond Green has been 
their constant factor, and he had a down game. Harrison Barnes had a good game, which is very rare. And they got nothing out of Bogut. Like, they, there was no use for Andrew Bogut in this game at all. So it's going to be a lot of questions, and and I think Steve Kerr was too calm, in my, you know, in my opinion. I need to go back to the Steve Kerr that was breaking stuff. <laughs> that Steve Kerr, had he had them playing, man. Yeah. You know, Kerr smash, man. That was, that's what he was all about. So we'll break that down. Uh, also, I don't know if people have been following the NFL countdown list. Now, me being a Giants fan, I'm going to be very, you know, I'm open about it. I'm very opinionated. I'm also have no... No care that you may think is biased, but uh, Eli Manning was not on the list last year. Eli Manning is now on the list this year, and he's in the top 50. Got to feel good about that. Congratulations to him. He's number 47. This is voted amongst the players. Yeah. So the players think he's a top 50 player. And, you know, they always question, is he elite? Is he not elite? Had his best season last year. Happy to see him on the list. We're going to go through the other names on that list. I think another one, Le'Veon Bell, was knocked down to 41. Which is a little surprising because Le'Veon Bell got injured. Still think he's a top-tier player. Like, I'm talking about top 10, top 5 player. But he got injured. So, we're going to see if that was a little bit of, you know, an oversight. Maybe they got a little too sensitive because of the injury. We'll break that down. Also in the NFL, today this news actually broke. This is this is huge, huge news. <laughs> anyway, I don't know if you know about it. This is huge news. I know about it. <laughs> Cam Newton... <laughs> spoke to a local radio show early this morning declaring, and this is like breaking news on NFL.com as well, that he's retiring the dab. The dab is gone. There is no more dab. What do we do? <laughs> I, I don't look. What do you do when you, when you cross the, uh, the end zone? What do you do? <laughs> I'm confused. Do you just hand the ball back to the referee now? There's no dab. And I'm going to go through this. There's quotes and everything. I didn't realize it was going to be such a big deal until when I looked on my feed and I saw first thing in the NFL, Cam Newton retires the dab. First thing. I can't wait for the 30 for 30 that's going to come out in like 20 years on this. (laughs) It's a big deal. Speaking of uh, big deals in 30 for 30s, here's a segue. O.J. Simpson. The O.J. Simpson, uh, you know, his whole 30 for 30, the special, critically acclaimed. I heard it's really good from the screenings that have been going on in different cities. That starts this Saturday on ABC. I'm looking forward to watching it. Absolutely. It's supposed to be a five-part series. So they're going to play, you know, obviously every week. And we've already been OJ'd out from the FX special with the, the true crime story, American crime story, whatever they call it. Yeah, with Cuba Gooding Jr. Cuba Gooding Jr. And, uh, you know, the guy from Friends. Yeah. You know, just playing Rob Kardashian. Mm-hmm. Kept, I'm sorry, I got to find that clip when he just keeps saying the juice. It's just, it's hilarious to me. <laughs> but we're going to we're gonna see this, and I'm, I want to see how good it is. got to actually break down, get this. And I don't even know if you know this, because we've only heard OJ being the killer. Mm-hmm. O.J. the football player. Yeah, of course. People seem to forget about the fact that he was a Heisman winning, all-pro running back for the Buffalo Bills. We just know him as the guy that possibly killed someone. Or two people, I should say. Yeah. And was in those uh, Nicky Gun movies. 
That's all we know. I don't know. You ever watch those movies? Or I haven't watched them, but I've oh, heard. I feel old. Okay. <laughs> it's before your time, I guess. Frank Drebin? No? Okay. Um, so we're going to definitely, uh, you know, I'm going to look into that a little bit. Also, Major League Baseball, got some updates on that. And um, just a couple of moves from the Mets, some little surprising moves. And uh, I just want to put that out there. NHL Stanley Cup Finals may come to an end, Naomi. I know you're, it's this critical news right here. Right. That this may be the end. Final game. The Penguins can clinch it tonight. That's big news. That's it's, huge. It's huge news. People in San Jose don't want to hear this. Right. <laughs> it's going to go down tonight. Game five. Stanley Cup Finals. So... A lot going on with that. Also, WNBA updates. New York Liberty got destroyed That's in Los sports. Angeles. Yeah. It was not It was not pretty. And a look ahead to the big matchup against the Minnesota Lynx, the Sparks and Lynx. Two undefeated teams going at each other, right? Eight and I don't know. I'm looking forward to that. Really am looking forward to that. So, uh, also, I think I'm forgetting one thing. I'm forgetting one thing. I said I was going to say this before. Why is it not crossing my mind right now? It's going to drive me crazy. But I'll get back to it in a second. I'm pretty sure it's important. But it's all right. <laughs> but um, as always, taking your calls, 516-900-2278. And like I said, it's Throwback Thursday. Okay? This whole week, we've had a bunch of anniversaries. And this happened, you know, this day in sports history, that type mm-hmm. of thing. Yesterday, I actually played a clip of Larry Bird, who probably had one of the greatest NBA Finals performances ever in a clinching game. This was 1986. Um, yesterday's day was just the 8th, right? Yeah. June 8th, 1986, against the Houston Rockets. Mm-hmm. Larry Bird, a triple-double to end it. And I think it was like 29 points, 12 assists, 11 rebounds. Amazing. Insane. And he didn't play like the final couple minutes of the game because it was a blowout. Amazing. This was against a young Hakeem Olajuwon, Ralph Sampson, mm-hmm. back in 1986. You remember you were there. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Courtside. Yeah. I wasn't even there. Um, <laughs> but uh, the, everybody keeps saying that was like the greatest performance in the, in the NBA Finals clinching game. That's true. Another NBA Finals moment happened this week as well. We all remember the Teron Lou getting Allen stepped Iverson. over by Allen Iverson. <laughs> yes. Earlier this week, I think. I mean, if you're... look. If you're Allen Iverson, and your birthday was this week as well, so happy birthday, Allen Iverson. What a great turned, week for him, He right? turned 41. They remember you, obviously, because of the NBA um, TV special. I don't know if you saw that, The Answer. They premiered that on Monday. Just breaking down his career and uh, how he revolutionized the game, not just as a player on the court, but what he did as the, with the culture. Yeah. Because he really brought that hip-hop, the hip-hop culture full frontal to the in the NBA. It wasn't like, okay, he's, you know, he listens to hip-hop on the side. He comes in with a suit. He changed the dress code. Because he was the first guy coming in when games he wasn't playing, wearing throwbacks of other teams mm-hmm. on the bench in an NBA game. Come on. This is, this is the type of guy Allen Iverson was. And that's what I actually meant to bring up because I did see that. And it was really good. It's called The Answer. Okay. It's a conversation he has with Steve Smith for NBA TV. Really good. So if you have a chance to check that out, please do. Um, the guy was a top recruit, obviously, in basketball, but in but football. football as well. Yeah. You knew he was quarterback, right? Yeah. Really good. So it just lets you know how good he is. He turns 41. He's going to be a Hall of Famer now. Hey, he still hasn't changed. 
They yeah. was talking to him. They said, you know, he's still the same guy. It's just the way Allen Iverson is. And um, what were your memories of Iverson, like, really quick? I just really remember just, like, everybody, like, in school just, like, wanting to be just like Allen Iverson. Even, like, females, you know what I mean? Like, really? Get their hair braided like Iverson. Okay. Of course, when corn rolls were back then, everybody won the Iverson braids. Didn't matter who you were. He was definitely a trendsetter. Mm. Definitely a trendsetter. He was one of those players that I looked up to just for how hard he played. And uh, I'm talking about like getting knocked down. Uh, he was only about a buck sixty, six foot, barely yeah, six size, foot, a yeah. buck sixty, getting knocked down by guys that are like you know twice his weight. It was ridiculous. He had a lot of heart on the court. You know, some some would say too much heart, but you know that's that's neither here or there. I just think that's what made him who he is. You know, mm-hmm. and a lot of guys, a lot of players followed after his mold. Um, you talk about like Dwayne Wade, for example. Wade, when he first came in the league, was crashing to the floor every time, taking risks. You know, at the rim. Obviously, he's paying for it now. That's why his knees are terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, that's the type of stuff that. Allen Iverson brought to the game, and obviously, you know, they celebrate his 41st birthday and the moment he stepped over to Ron Liu and made Ron Liu famous before actually becoming a head coach. Right. I love how that just always comes back to that. But uh, <laughs> once again, we're going to take your phone calls, 516-900-2278. Going to uh, step aside for a quick break, and when we come back, we're actually going to break down what happened in that finals game and where the, uh, where the Warriors just fell apart. You're listening to Sports Social at Easton here on Soundcast FM. Yeah, come on. Dance for me, baby. Uh oh, you feel that? All right. Come on. Don't stop now. You done did it. Come on. Uh, yeah. All right. Hold on.
All right, we're back. Sports Social with Eddie Easter here on Southcast FM. Got Naomi Green in the building. And uh, I saw Naomi was dancing to the song. <laughs> now, we were just talking, you know, just since we were on this whole throwback Thursday, you know, trip. And I was talking about how I remember hearing this song the first time when I was on a school field trip. <laughs> That's just how, yeah, it's like, I'm, was, God, I was nine years old listening to this song. Different times back then, everybody. Right. Different times. <laughs> Very different times. And she said she was. You were three. I was three years old. But yeah, yet she, you knew the words. I knew uh, the words. Uh, what was your version of it again? How did you, do baby? It? When we're crying. When we're crying. You that's... know, at that age, it's crying is something that you completely relate with. So <laughs> I feel like that's why I made that connection. <laughs> Basically, fact it. Forget Rugrats. She was listening to Next Too Close. That's how real it got. So speaking of getting real, the uh, series now is at two games to one, and the Warriors are still up, but. They took a bit of a hit against the Cavaliers, and I just want to break this game down a little bit. Looking at what happened in the first quarter, they got off to such a hot start. I'm talking about the Cavaliers, starting Richard Jefferson because no Kevin Love. That's going to be a whole big story for itself. He brought a whole other energy to them that it made Draymond Green work a little more on defense, that he didn't have to just worry about a guy doing set shots. He had to worry about a guy putting it on the floor, setting up other players. Right. This made Jefferson really important, really key. And I didn't realize he played so many uh, postseason games, over 120 games. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. Richard Jefferson's been in there. I forget, he's been here for a while. He's such a vet. I looked at, I was on Twitter earlier this morning. I seen something saying the last time he started in a postseason yeah. game was when LeBron was still in high school. Yeah, definitely. Like, you, you, get, you forget that some of these guys have been around for so much. And that was for the finals. And that was I remember that for the New Jersey Nets mm-hmm. against the San Antonio Spurs. That's how long it's been. So it's been a while for uh, Richard Jefferson. And it felt good to see him do well. But um, just looking at the way they started off that game, everybody was on the same page. Um, J.R. Smith looked a lot more aggressive than he had in the first two games, period. Uh, LeBron was struggling. Uh, he wasn't as good as... You know, he finished. He finished strong. But mm-hmm. in the beginning of the game, he made a, he missed a lot of easy, chippy shots. I, I didn't get that at all. And it's it's pretty obvious that he's not going to be the same player he used to be where he can make those shots all the time. Right. He, you're seeing him make a lot of adjustments in his game. He still has athleticism, as we noticed later in that game with that dunk. Absolutely. But uh, Kyrie Irving got hot. He was extremely key. I mean, he was doing back to his Uncle Drew days, you know, <laughs> dancing around with the basketball. Steph Curry couldn't do anything with him. He almost made Steph Curry fall a couple of times. So that was a different sight, seeing Steph struggle yeah. on both sides of the floor. And that goes back to what Cleveland was doing defensively. Obviously, J.R. Smith didn't know from his press conference. He was a little confused by it. But from what I saw on the court, Clay Thompson, after he got injured, he had uh, bumped knees with um, – one of the Cavalier players had to come off this had to come off for a while, regroup, and uh, he never seemed the same playing defense, trying to guard up on Kyrie, which was a struggle right away for him. Yeah, and I think they just can never get into it. But until last second quarter, and I don't know, you said you didn't really see much of certain parts of the game. No. Yeah, the second quarter, the Warriors dropped. They, they were able to get back into it because they could, you know, obviously make the outside shot. Cleveland, and I've noticed this every single game. They get too complacent with one-on-one. Everything's a one-on-one play. JR clear out. Uh, they bring Shumpert in. Shumpert was doing clear outs. For what? I didn't understand that. Yeah. Uh, Kyrie clear out. You know, LeBron clear out. It, it stopped. There was no ball movement. They do well when they move the ball. I think every team does well when they uh, yeah, move the ball, Yeah, I was about to say right? that. Every team does 
exceptional when they're moving the ball. Yeah. Ball movement is so key. Yeah, too much hero ball. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can't state that enough. I know Charles Barkley talks about that all the time on TNT, how th- that's why OKC lost. Mm-hmm. So much hero ball, so much, okay, now Russell has the ball, let's all stand around and watch. Yeah. Same thing with Kevin Durant. And the Knicks, I always talk about that with Carmelo. They, Carmelo gets the ball, everybody just stands and watches. There has to be movement. That's why I'm such a huge fan of the Spurs system where there's always movement. There's never just one man has the ball and that's it. Right. But uh, that's what that's what happened with Cleveland in that second quarter, and I think they the lead was cut to about eight going into halftime. Okay, adjustments were made. I don't know if it was Teron Lou. I think it was more Coach James. <laughs> he made his adjustments, and they just jumped on him early and often. That whole second half, there was no chance, no chance at all. I think Steph Curry just started rushing a lot of bad shots, and that's something I got to say about him and. Clay Thompson. We get too spoiled with the fact that they make these shots. Mm-hmm. There were so many off balance, like no momentum, just hurling up threes. And what's the, the thing with that is that these players need to establish a difference from playing with a sense of urgency and playing with a sense of efficiency. Like it's okay to rush a, a couple shots, you know, and then, like you said, we gotten used to them being able to complete those shots. But when you're not completing them and you already are. In a bad situation in this game, you have to reanalyze what you're doing. And I think the Cavs had up on them, especially in the second half from what I see, because they were playing with efficiency and they were playing aggressive, but they were making those shots. You know, they were doing what they should have been doing, These two, the two pass games in the series, games one and two. And that's, and that's the problem. You know, you have to have some type of consistency. It's so important, especially in the NBA Finals and teams – Look for your weakness right away and jump on it. Mm-hmm. One of the things I realized with with the Warriors and and I know they didn't really make a big deal out of it the first two games. Andre Iguodala is such an important player on that team. I think he should have handled the ball a lot more than he did. Because if you want to have Steph get free, Clay get free, let them you know let him play point forward. Let even Draymond give Draymond a rest because a lot of times Draymond brings the ball up, he does all that. Give him a rest because mm-hmm. he needs the body down there and to grab some rebounds. That was a big key, also. Yeah. Because after I called out Tristan Thompson, the guy was a beast on the boards in game three, you know? See, that's what I do. <laughs> but um, he was a beast on the boards in game three. Draymond needs help down there, but he also needs to focus on grabbing rebounds because they there was no second chances for uh, the Warriors. And it was too many opportunities for the Cavaliers. That was one of the biggest things. Now, in regards to Andre Iguodala, like I said, he has to play that role. Steve Kerr is the king of making adjustments, right? He's proven that in the past. Absolutely. They're going to have to make some adjustments here in Game 4. Sit down and talk to Steph Curry about what he's not doing and what he needs to be doing. But what my concern is now is what goes on with them during these Game 3 and Game 4s when they're away. Because they seem to have dropped the bomb twice, Mm -hmm. you know, two series in a row. Against Oklahoma City Thunder, back-to-back blowouts. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Friday night, the Cavs are in a position where they could have another blowout because it seems like the Warriors get in this uncomfortable position or they just get thrown off. And, you know, I feel like there's been a lot of hype that, yeah, you know, the Warriors are going to blow them out. That's it. And then they don't show up. Mm-hmm. They don't show up. And that's... That's, I mean, like, last last series against the Thunder, they lost game one, so that kind of, I understood why they got shook up. But now if you were able to dominate two games, mm-hmm. game one and game two, and then you can't do the same thing when you travel and go away, because, I mean, it, the Cavs didn't win by just three points. They, 30 points. Right, right. You know what I mean? So there's, there's just no excuse anymore when you're 
you know, you're making history, 739, unanimous MVP player on your team, and he hasn't been showing up consistently in the playoffs, I feel. You know what I mean? It's, no, it's right. nice to see him show up for down the stretch. Great. You you bring it home. Same thing with Klay Thompson. It's nice to see you show up down the stretch. But in order for you guys to really establish yourselves as these great players, you need to be able to be there all 48 minutes. And I think that's really what it comes down to is not being there in when it matters and just having too much of a hesitant attitude. Because let's be real, they are very good players. Absolutely. But when it comes to facing adversity and, and facing the type of defense where you know guys are extra keying in on you because LeBron James is a, is a great defender. I think a lot of people forget about that. He was all over the place. He made sure they were double-teaming Steph Curry on inbound passes. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that before. Right. And this is from, like, not even half court. This is from full court double teams. Yeah. So if they're face-guarding you and guarding you like that, you have to be able to make adjustments. I think Steve Kerr is going to work on that in practice. You're going to see a lot of extra attention being paid to both both of those players so he can learn how to get loose and not just throw up any type of shot. Exactly. They have to get decent shots off. It's just the only way you're going to win this game. Exactly. So... Um, you know, I'm curious to hear what they had to say, and, and you know, obviously they got they got a chance to talk after the game, and this is what they had to say to the media in regards to the struggles against Cleveland. We weren't ready to play. Obviously, they just punched us right in the mouth right in the beginning. Um, we're turning the ball over like crazy, soft. Um, we were extremely soft to start the game, and uh, and they set the tone with their intensity. It's, uh, you know, it's going to take more than uh, an effort like that to win a finals game against a great team, obviously. Kevin was out tonight for the Cavs. Does, he, does his absence make them a tougher matchup for the Warriors specifically? I think the game would have been the same whether he played or not. Um, it, this was about um, one team being emotionally fired up and angry about being down 2-0 and another team being comfortable. The level of intensity that they brought, they would have brought it with Kevin, too. So I don't think it made a difference. Surely the Cavs were hustling more, but you guys have countered that so many times in the past. What, what, what didn't happen tonight? Uh, we, weren't, we weren't tough enough. We weren't strong enough with the ball. We were soft. We were soft tonight. And if, when you're soft, you, um, you get beat on the glass and you turn the ball over. That's, those are the telltale signs. Um, so we, got, we can't be soft in game four if we want to win. Obviously, the starting unit has to be much better. We can't. We lost the game in that first quarter. We can't let them get out to a 33 to 14 lead and give credit to our bench. They did a tremendous job in fighting us back in it. But um, you know, if it was a 10 point game rather than a 19, different story. So that's on us, and we're going to come out much better on Friday. On the play where you ran into Moss Govard, his knee got there. What was your interpretation of what actually happened there? Because it looked like a pretty good collision. I, I didn't get it. I just I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm guarding Kyrie. I'm running full speed downhill. I just don't know who's trying to set a pick on you in the middle of the key. I mean, if it was on the perimeter, I understand, but it didn't make sense to me. Obviously, it didn't feel good, but I'll be all right. I, I rewatched it. I'm, I just, I'm just confused why he's trying to set a screen in the middle of the key when we're both running full speed downhill. You know, kind of, I mean, it seemed kind of dirty to me. I just stick his knee out too, but you know what? That's, that's basketball. I mean, uh, the playoffs is hard. It's it's a tough uh, it's a tough grind to win a championship, um, and we 
understand that, and we obviously want to play perfect basketball. We want to win every game, but it doesn't doesn't happen that way. Um, but we hope that the the better team will show throughout the course of the series, um, and that's that's our mindset. Um, we would have loved to been up 3-0 and have a chance to win it on Friday. Um, doesn't go our way. How we bounce back on on Friday will will show you know our heart and our our kind of our soul about about winning. And um, you know this is hard. Got to got to embrace the challenge. All right, so. Now, and they always listen to this, and she's going nuts just listening to what <laughs> these guys had to say. First of all, <laughs> let me start off with, with what Steve Kerr said about them being soft. And I have to agree, there was some soft, you know, play by, by Golden State. They weren't really playing tough. Only Draymond was. Now, the thing that got me was the fact that Clay Thompson had his own comments regarding it. And I, Naomi, I'm gonna let you get into it because you were very intimate about it during the uh, actual playing of the tape. So, what are your thoughts on what Clay Thompson said? How he complained about the uh, injury he had? He's he was complaining about the fact that it seemed like it was intentional, and you know, it's like you what was it? A knee injury? He bust up his knee a little bit. Yeah, you're, you're being soft about it, and he's like, it was dirty. It was dirty. You act like he. What about when Draymond Green hit? Steven What's, Adams, yeah. In the, in the in, you know, yeah, in his yeah. down mm-hmm. area. What about that situation? Everybody was, he, I, no, I, I'm not trying to make him, prevent him from having children, yada, yada, yada. But <laughs> now you get your knee busts up a little bit, mm-hmm. and then you're saying it was dirty. You have to be, you have to be hard, stronger than this. This yeah. is the NBA Finals. Like, be prepared for anything and be able to shake it off. You, you shouldn't be complaining about something like that in the post-game interview. I mean, it was a question, obviously, so you have to supply an answer for it, but to consider it dirty? Mm-hmm. Like, and like I just brought up, you were just saying that you were better than the Showtime Lakers. Your team's better than Showtime Lakers, but you can't even handle a little incident like that without calling it dirty. Like, you, right. you cannot... You wouldn't be able to play in that era. You know what I mean? Exactly. If, you're, if you're complaining about it, something like that, you won't be able to play play in that era. It might have been jokingly, but it, it feels like it wasn't because his father backed it up and his exactly. father was on the Showtime Lakers. So mm-hmm. it's like, chill out with your, you know, you guys win those first two games, you guys on your high horse, and now things are, you know, going, spiraling down a bit. Mm-hmm. And you're coming up with excuses. And that's even even with Steve Kerr saying that, you know, they were playing soft. You had one team who was angry. You had the other team that was comfortable. You, you've you been here before. You should know not to be comfortable. Yeah. That's not an excuse. You no. cannot be comfortable in the NBA Finals. Like, winning the first two games does not mean you won the series. Why do you think it's gone to Game 7 so many times? Mm-hmm. Why do you think teams have come back from being down 0-2? It's happened yeah. before. Not often, but, you know. It's happened. Exactly. exactly. And that's and that's honestly goes back to the whole you know different era situation and how they were always joking about they could beat the Showtime Lakers this team mm-hmm. Showtime Lakers they play in an era where it was very physical you can hand check you could push you, there was no such thing as you got thrown out because you threw a punch you know exactly they were guys fighting fist fights on the floor right so the show goes on shake it, it off was. there was no suspensions there was just a small fine and they were playing the very next game that's it. And that's the thing. Even now, when you see basketball, everybody's trying to trying to draw a foul. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's all about fouls. Mm-hmm. And then looking at the ref, like, no, was it was it foul? You tell me, <laughs> like, taking so much from the game. You know what I mean? So it just it just really teed me off that he said that what happened with Kyrie and him was dirty. 
Yeah, it's basically a very uh, LeBron approach, is the you know, <laughs> complaining and everything. Yes. But uh, I was a little surprised by Clay. You know, he did take a, a hard shot, and it was a little questionable about getting a screen at the top of the key. Mm-hmm. But I still think you don't make that big a deal out of it. You got to let it be a play on. You're okay. You weren't injured. You were hurt. You're playing the next game. It's not a problem. Uh, I just feel like they need to have that aggressive approach. They kind of feel like, you know, we're, we're, we're up 2-0. We're defending champions. We're probably the best team of all time on paper. Right. Let's coast through this, but you're going on the road. You gotta win a, you gotta win one game on the road to win the series. That's the bottom line, in my if, opinion. If you're feeling comfortable when you're going on the road, that's the opposite you should be feeling. Yes. If anything, you should be like, all right, we gotta turn it up a thousand notches now. Because mm-hmm. Cleveland, their fans are crazy. They're gonna be pushing the Cavs through this next game. Mm-hmm. Cavs are gonna be feeling you know, having that aggressiveness on their home court trying to beat us. So we need to be on 100,000. Exactly. Like, that's yeah. how you should feel. So being comfortable is no excuse. Mm-hmm. Them being soft is no excuse. We're at the end of this whole season. Like, you guys, 73-9 record, mm-hmm. those are excuses. Those are excuses. I can't I can't accept them. You can't accept it, all can't right. can't accept them. <laughs> well, let's let's actually see what the... The team actually won the Cleveland Cavaliers, their thoughts after the game. I just think it's two words, um, physicality and aggressiveness. I thought we were really, really physical defensively, and I thought we were aggressive offensively, attacking the basket, getting out in transition, running the floor. And we talked about it before, that opens up shots for J.R. Smith and those guys in transition. So um, that's how we have to play. And I thought with Kyrie setting the tone early offensively really gave us confidence early. We know your guys want to win NBA Finals games. Why are they coming with a different level of effort or aggressiveness finally now in Game 3 versus Game 1 and 2? I thought Game 2, we had it to start the game. But, you know, when they hit you with a barrage of shots and, you know, they go on a you know, 15-2 run or, you know, 11-0 run, it kind of deflates you. And, you know, when that crowd's into the game, and you know, it, it's, it's tough because you play hard. You know, you, you play defense for 19 seconds. In the last five seconds of the shot clock, they score. So it deflates you. And I thought, you know, tonight, even when they made runs, you know, we, we kept our composure. You know, we stayed with it. We stayed physical. We stayed, continued to play hard. And we didn't let it deflate us. Coach, if Kevin is able to go in game four, how would you expect to use him? Do I have to tell you? That's up to you. I'm not going to tell you. You know, it's been two games. It was two games going from game one of of uh, playing a little bit too much ISO and then game two, um, you know, kind of just not not being in, in, in my rhythm, in my, in my rhythm. And then coming in game three, it was, I don't want to say a completely different player, but, um, you know, it's just back to... Just not really thinking about anything except for being aggressive for my teammates. I mean, I know how I how I want to dictate the game, and that's on the defensive and trying to stop Clay as much as I can, try not to let him catch the ball, uh, make it tough for him as much as I can, and uh, let that dictate my offense. Let that dictate my offense in transition, get open shots, uh, play from there. But for the most part, I mean, it's great that I got the. Don't get me wrong, I appreciate the the look, but uh, it's not really what I'm looking for. We finally got back to our game tonight, and uh, it started with the floor general to my left. Um, you know, the sharpshooter to my right got it going, and um, you know, it was just good basketball. It was a good flow, and uh, everyone felt like there was a part of uh, tonight's win. So it was a, just a collective team uh, win. It, it wasn't about us versus their starting five. It was just about how everyone can get the job done, uh, who's ever on the floor. All right.
right. So that was Coach LeBron finishing up that uh that little discussion. <laughs> now I just love like what Teron Lou said. He who's the actual coach. That's what it says on his title. Um, he brought up about uh, they was like, how are you going to use Kevin Love? He's like, do I have to tell you? And he doesn't want to tell him. That means he doesn't even know. That's what that really means. It means I have to ask LeBron how we're going to use <laughs> Kevin Love. But it also means that he's why you know it's kind of like giving information to the enemy. Why why give anybody that notice? Because right now he's in a position where he could do anything with Kevin Love. Kevin Love could come off the bench. He could get back in the starting. Lineup, they could keep Jefferson in the starting lineup. Like anything could happen. So he's he's looking to shake people up. But I mean, it's not really that juicy. Like it's not really like any juicy information. I feel they did do a better job without Kevin Love. But I mean, anything could happen. He could get back in that starting lineup and they could still dominate. But you know, I think we'll see. I think a lot of people are are being a little hard on Kevin Love. The guy was huge in the first three series that they played, especially in that first series. The guy right. against Detroit was a beast. So I think they're being a little hard on him. It's just a tough matchup because he's got to be matched up with Draymond Green. Mm-hmm. Draymond Green is not an easy guy to guard because he's very versatile. Kevin Love is a forward. That's it. Does he get? That's it. Forward. He doesn't play any other position. It's hard for him to match up with him. So there's a lot of work that he has to do. And obviously he had a tough injury, he had a concussion. Yeah. So got to give the guy some slack there. Granted, he needs to play better, but um, I don't think you take him out of the starting lineup right away. But seeing the way Richard Jefferson was in that game, you could only assume that Steve Kerr and the Warriors are going to make a lot of adjustments. So yeah, I can see Iguodala probably starting again. You never know. Do you think Jefferson's going to be able to keep it up though? Like, do you think he could put on another performance like that and be very be a key player for his team if he comes out for the starting lineup? Um, I think so. I think he could. It, it's 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 tough with, with when you have the lineups and the way they're set up and the rotations. Right. When a guy's in a starting lineup, they know they're going to get a certain you know, mm-hmm. player for probably the first six minutes until another rotation change. Right. When you're coming off the bench, you have to adjust to whatever they're throwing at you. Yeah. So you may not even be used. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? That's always the big thing. In terms of what I look at when you have a player off the bench and a player starting, they have to serve certain roles. Yeah. That's it. And I, I just, I think it's tough. And whenever you're in the NBA Finals, as like I keep referring back to last year, you have to make adjustments game to game. Mm-hmm. So one guy starts here, with the other guy, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. There's no, it's not the regular season. Isn't, you don't need that consistency mm-hmm. like you do in the regular season. The, the playoffs, the finals, anything goes. Yeah. That's it. Absolutely. So uh, what we're going to do is uh, step aside, take a quick break. And actually, I should, I should mention this. Well, yesterday was the last day in uh, in the city for uh, Beyonce. She had her whole tour going on, right? Yeah. Did You didn't go to any? I didn't go. What happened? I'm- <laughs> Everybody keeps asking me that. I just, I'm not crazy about her last album. I don't want any beehive attacking oh my boy. Instagram or Twitter. Please stay away from me. They're going to call up now. But I wasn't crazy about it, so I, I sat this out. The only concert I'm looking forward to attending is the Bad Boy Reunion concert. Are you going to go in September? I think I am. I'm going in September for that one, and I'm also going for Drake and Future. Ooh, yeah. That's happening. That's going down this summer, all summer 16, all of that. <laughs> so, uh, with that being said, how about a little throwback, uh, Beyonce, when she had uh, the background singers. Remember that? Oh, my God. Do not say that. <laughs> we'll be right back. Say my name, say my name. You know one is around you. Say, baby, I love you if you ain't running game. Say my name, say my name. You acting kind of shady. Ain't calling me, baby. Better say my name. Other day, I would call, you would say, baby, how's your day? But today, it ain't the same. 
It's hard to believe that you are at home by yourself When I just heard the voice, heard the voice of someone else Just this question, why do you feel you gotta lie? Getting caught up in your game when you cannot say my name Social with Eddie to Hero Soundcast FM. I have Naomi Gray in studio. She is actually working on her uh, special selfies right now. This is <laughs> it is selfie time in between songs, and it, you know it's funny because she was she was doing her selfie while singing the song at the same time. It, it was it was incredible. I, I should have had the camera on. You just for are that putting moment. me on blast. I, is, you already know how I'm, this is how I'm going to be. Every time you hear on a Monday or a Thursday, I'm going to be like that. This is just happening. <laughs> But uh, it, she did a great job with it. Uh, I, I thought you were Beyonce for a minute. It was that good. <laughs> Thank you. So um, once again, 516-900-2278. There was actually one more thing from the Cavaliers and, um, and Warriors game that I wanted to bring up. And actually from the post game that you didn't hear because it was a little awkward. And uh, it's typical J.R. Smith fashion. And I'm just going to let you guys hear it and then I'll explain it afterwards. During the first three games of the finals, what are you doing differently? How are you keeping them from getting to their spots, getting open looks? And how do you plan to maintain that momentum in game four on Friday night? Swish. Sorry. No, you good. You good. Um, it's just uh, team awareness. Especially with those two guys. I'm sorry. I just I had to I had to play that. <laughs> it, 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 obviously, there's no video to show, but you look it up and you'll see. J.R. Smith was the one being asked the question. Mm-hmm. He just did not even acknowledge the question being asked to him. Yeah. So he just looked around, gave you a little like, like it's almost like that kid that was being put on you know put on the stand about whether or not he did the book report. 
nobody else in the in the uh, group <laughs> knew about it, and he's the only one that didn't pay attention. But he's in the group. And he was just looking around like, "All right, y'all guys, take it. Somebody, somebody, take it." Oh man! And look, we make we poke fun at Jr. just because this is this is common sense stuff, you know. Like you're a professional athlete. You have to know what he's talking about here. Right. You're involved in this. It's not like they're not talking about something you're doing. Right. This is you're you're involved in this. I just thought that was hilarious. Kyrie Irving obviously bailed him out. Right. But uh it, it's this goes back to the legend of J.R. Smith. And this is what <laughs> I want to discuss. The legend. The legend of J.R. Smith. And and I'm gonna see if I'm gonna throw these at you. I don't know if you've heard about all these different shenanigans that he's had. We'll see what I know. I'm pretty sure I've heard <laughs> a okay. couple. Do you are you aware of like obviously the untying of player shoes? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think? <laughs> he did this, he did this in the middle of games. More than once. <laughs> and this was obviously as his tenure with the Knicks, which I feel like the best <laughs> stuff happened while he was with the Knicks. He was untying player shoes. He actually got suspended again yeah. because mm-hmm. of that. This is the only did time. Did he not get fined for that as well? Of course. He did, right? He did it more than once. Yes, I remember that. I do. <laughs> I love things like that because it's just like pure comedy to for the fans. Like you're watching a game, everything's all serious, and here's this guy untying people's shoes. It reminds you of what Lance Stevenson did yeah. when he blew in LeBron James' ear. Yeah. It's like all these little theatrics within games, and it's to it's to throw the players off, but then it's also like it's funny, it's but games. then they're also, like, you're putting yourself in a position to get in trouble for it so you could go without. Oh but it's God. definitely, it was hilarious. I totally remember that that little phase of him. I try to, like, <laughs> you know, I try to give him the benefit of the doubt with certain things, but there's no way I can defend that. There's but no he's been way. behaving, the good thing is he's been be- behaving in, in Cleveland. He's been behaving, but just not paying attention. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's still being JR. <laughs> well, it's nothing to do in Cleveland. That's one of the first things he said when he got there. Mm-hmm. That was one of his big quotes when he got traded. He said, there's nothing to do in Cleveland. Right. Remember, when he's in New York, he's greenhouse every other week. Yeah. He was heavy in the clubs. Yeah, exactly. Even at one point, and I don't know if you remember this, him and Rihanna had a little thing where he was trying to get with Rihanna, and then Rihanna played him. Really? I, yeah. I, I, only could, I could only remember the whole Matt Barnes-Rihanna thing. I don't remember the J.R. Smith thing. Well, J.R. was first before that. <laughs> and then I remember during that same year, the Knicks were playing the Lakers in L.A., and Rihanna was sitting front row after she got back with Chris Brown. Okay. It was a very awkward situation because I remember that's when all that talk started. Right, And yeah. then she had made fun of him and everything. But don't worry, JR was not done. Mm. JR then made his move on to an R&B, another R&B singer, K. Michelle, which was very publicized. Part of that album that she came out with was about him. Really? Yes. Where yes. did I miss this? Are you sure this it was J.R. Smith? J.R. Smith, yeah. What a troublemaker. <laughs> Came out with about him, and uh, he handled it, uh, you know, in typical JR fashion. Ignored it. Yeah. But uh, she was very vocal about it and uh, put in a couple of songs about, you know, that's why she was happy the team got knocked out of playoffs. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. She made a whole song about it, you know, a couple of songs about it. So I thought it was Lance Stevenson. No, not Lance. Her and Lance are actually cool. Apparently. Yeah, they became they were friends after. So right, exactly. Her and Jr. Not so much. Hey, not so much. But that's when you some know, you lose some. Win some you lose some. That's not a classic Jr. moment. A lot, like I said, a lot of these are not even basketball related things. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> but let's get to the basketball related stuff. Jr. Smith holds the record for most attempted three point shots in the game. Okay. You know, it. I think he put up like twenty something threes against the Miami Heat one year, and this is with the Knicks. The Knicks obviously lost this game. 
but he hoisted up all these threes going for the record. J.R. Smith. <laughs> this is the type of guy, you know. I I don't know. He, you just people should just try to think. What is it like to just be in J.R. Smith's head for one day? I don't know if you anybody with those problems. That's a big <laughs> deal. Be in J.R. Like Smith's what head. is going on in his head? Uh trying to. Th- I'm afraid to think. Um, I don't know. I really don't know because he's been doing it for so many years. Thirteen years he's been in the league, or so. However, however long it's been, it's been. Uh, I'm trying to like even try to find a reasoning behind why he's doing, why he's done any of that. Right. <laughs> but J.R. Smith is a character. He's one of a kind. I. He deserves his own like side in the Hall of Fame. If he he's never gonna make the Hall of Fame, but he deserves his own section. <laughs> like him, guys like him, Lance Stevenson. Uh, you know, Dennis Rodman should be the leader of that. Oh, wing. Dennis. Yes, yeah. that was a perfect comparison. Like. Dennis Rodman, J.R. Smith, Lance Stevenson, in oh, that yeah. order. In that order. I like it. I like. It. I, I just think that they have to – oh, my God. <laughs> it's, it was just too funny. And that yesterday was just the icing on the cake. Right. It, it, I don't know if you saw the – you saw the video. I like, his seen face. It. It's his face yeah, that, that makes it. Yeah, he just looked completely like, huh? Like, <laughs> you're asking me this question? Like, important <laughs> questions? No, no. So, classic. Classic J.R. Smith right there. Um, real quick predictions for uh, Game Four. Are uh, who do you take? I definitely take the Cavs. I don't believe I'm. I don't think it'll be a blowout. I don't think it'll be thirty points again. It'll probably be a closer game. But mm-hmm. I definitely think the Cavs are going to be able to pull it through. You know, I'm going to go with the Warriors. I think they bounce back. I feel like they'll make adjustments. I'm. I'm. Look, I'm sold on Steve Kerr at the last season. I feel like he just knows the right buttons to push. There will be adjustments made, but I don't think that they're going to be able to do effective, like, you know, be as effective with them to pull out a win. I I just, and also, in, me as a sports fan, I just want this to be a series. Like, you know, we've been <laughs> waiting all season for a great final, you know, final series. So I don't want this to be over soon. I, I want it to go to the Game 7 stretch. Like, I want it to so stretch out seven. that far. So I would love to see the Cavs Hold it down in the land one last time. Well, not one last time until game six, of course. But I guess we'll see what happens. And we'll definitely see what happens when it comes to that. But it's going to be a very, um, I think it's going to be the most intense game of the series, game four. If not, if there is a game five in regards to there being a, a tied series, it's going to be game five. As mm-hmm. you know, it goes game five is always the best game. I'm going to be. I'm going to be honest with you. I still feel like the Warriors win this game and they win the series. I just, I don't know. I feel like you can't have a guy like Steph Curry be cold the entire series. He's going to get hot. You He's going to get hot. I mean, it's he'll do he'll do the thinkable. I won't say unthinkable because it's expected. But okay. I just don't feel like they should just have those chances and they should just rely on. He's gonna he's gonna come through. He's gonna. It shouldn't be like that in the final stage. It shouldn't. I want. I would love to see the Cavs dominate again. Okay. Definitely and then, you know, maybe they learn a lesson and, and hold it down at home. Lessons need to be learned. I like that. All right. Uh, just want to get to some quick notes right here, obviously, from Major League Baseball. Today starts day one of the Major League Baseball draft. So that's going to be taking place around 6 o'clock on the MLB network. So a lot of people are going to be tuning in for that one. Um, the other big news, the Yankees have a three-game winning streak. Finally, the Yankees are starting to win now. You have... 
They're now at 29 and 30, six and a half games out of first place, um, led by Baltimore. This is a very tight ALE, so we'll see what they can do with that. The uh, Mets finally picked up a win against the Pirates. They also made a trade to reacquire Kelly Johnson from the Atlanta Braves. Kelly Johnson was on the team last year, and he, he basically is a very good utility player. He can play the infield, outfield, and they need that depth with uh, David Wright out for eight weeks and uh, Lucas Duda also out in it for an indefinite amount of time. Uh, the All-Star game ballots are still coming in, and this has to be the weird thing. And, and Naomi, you probably could uh, jump in on this as well. You know when they do the All-Star voting for uh, different sports. Okay. Obviously in the NBA they do the voting for whoever reasons, and there's always that one player that you're like, okay, this they're doing a bit much here. Okay. Like mm-hmm. they don't deserve to be here. Well, in baseball, it's taken to another extreme because in the National League, the Chicago Cubs, and this is going based off of the last returns, I think about six starters are in there. Six stars. Their entire infield is in the, is in the All Star game so far. Oh my God! Yeah, this happened last year for a while with the Kansas City Royals. Uh huh. Now this year, the new team that everybody seems to be popular with are the Chicago Cubs. Yeah, we were talking about them the other day. Exactly. It is. It's. It's just. It's extremely funny to me. Six. There's about six players, and like I'm just looking at the list right now. You have uh, Dexter Fowler. He's all. That's one. Addison Russell is two. Zorbis three, Bryant four, Rizzo five. You have actually five players are in the starting lineup. That's still insane. That's very insane. Usually you get one or two, maybe three if you're really good, but they have five, five. players leading in voting right now. That's insane. And yeah, and, and a couple of other players still close behind. So Chicago is really going out there and voting. Um, I don't know. I've never heard of it like this. This is, this is getting kind of close because the All-Star game is next month. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. yeah. So That's a big deal. Big deal right here <laughs> that we're going to have a whole infield of Chicago Cubs because that's exactly what we have. Third base, shortstop, second Sheesh. base, and first base, all Chicago Cubs and center field. Wow. So interesting times. But uh, also in the National League, just for the, you know, for the heck of it, Yadier Molina is leading for catchers. In the outfield, of course, Bryce Harper. And from the New York Mets, Ioannis Cespedes is also leading in the outfield. That's in the National League. See if we can get a quick look at the American League. Because I think that's a little bit more balanced. The, uh, just, just to let you know, I think they're going to have to do something with those rules because if they're going to keep voting mm-hmm. and you have a team get six All-Stars in, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, there's no fairness to that. Like, what? who wants to watch that? Everybody in Chicago. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But I've never it's – it's cut it very close – I don't know what they're going to do moving forward, but that's insane. Um, shout out to anybody that has to deal with that. But uh, we have, obviously, the MLB draft tonight. Um, a lot of great players have been taken over the last couple of years. Some of the players that, you know, are not even number one picks. You'd be surprised. Like, in an MLB draft, because they have about 10 rounds, 10-plus 10 rounds, mm-hmm. over hundreds of players are taken. Yeah, of course. I don't know if you realize it. Like, they'll be players and they won't even come up to the actual big club for like another four or five years yeah they have to go through the minor league system single a double a triple a yep a lot of players are gonna be drafted out of high school at 17 years old 18 years old yeah it happens all the time uh it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a lot of fun so uh, we'll check that out the philadelphia phillies have the number one pick this year also just because we're on that we're in this little part of the show where i gotta throw in some more sports 
because mm-hmm. I can't just have it just be about the NBA or the NFL. Yeah. NHL tonight, your favorite sport. Yeah. Yes. San Jose, <laughs> Pittsburgh, game five. Can Pittsburgh finish off San Jose? That's going to be the big the big story. Uh, Sidney Crosby wants to win another title. He's a guy that's still hated here in New York, but uh, he's still one of the best players in hockey. Can they get it done? Can the Sharks force a game six? Uh, it looks like it's going to be uh, Thomas Hurdle, who's going to be out for the third straight game for San Jose. And uh, I don't know. He's one of the best players, so I don't know how they're going to be able to bounce back and um, pick up this win. He may be available for a game six if there is a game six, uh, according to reports. Uh, but uh, tonight's game is in Pittsburgh, so Pittsburgh can't finish it off at home. And it's going to be 8 o'clock on NBC. So everybody make sure to check that out along with the MLB draft because that's really what's all is going on tonight in yeah. the world of sports. <laughs> See, I got to Start slowing that. down a little bit in the summer. Start, start slowing down, you know. I mean, the NBA is every other day because of the finals. So mm-hmm. it's, it is what it is. What we're going to do is step aside, and when we come back, we're going to break down probably the biggest story of this year. Cam Newton is retiring the dab. <laughs> and with that being said, we're going to think about other great touchdown dances that have been retired over the past couple of years. But the dab, to me, is still going to have, it's still it's gonna have a special place. It's going to have a special place in my heart. It should be a trophy just for the dab. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> You're listening to Sports Social at Easton here on Southcast FM.
And we're back, Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM. A little boy is mine, just throwback Thursday still. Just uh, obviously, like I said, I'm still stuck on this this emotional topic right now. I mean, you know, Gosh. I just remember the first time he did the dab, and I, you know, it, it changed the way the world was. Done. I'm not. A, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not a Cam Newton fan. Okay. I'm not. You know, but I just feel like I need to take on the emotions of the rest of the world, knowing that the dab will be gone. Oh man. <laughs> and I, I think this is when the dab premiered, so I just want to play this clip really quick. But you know, I'm a firm believer. If you don't like me to do it, then don't let me in. I just like doing it, man. You know, it's not you know to to be boastful. And from the crowd's response, they like they like seeing so, it. Tell me what to do. Dab on them folks. So I try. Dab on them folks in that in that tone too. Dab on them folks. He only like 16, but he got an Adam's apple out this world. See, dab on them folks. Won't be able to do that anymore. Won't be able to do that anymore. It's it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's times are changing. That dance move. I mean, like it, compared it to like Victor Cruz salsa dance. That is, you know, something that identifies with him. You know, his culture and personally. The dab was just a you know a dance phrase that kind of happened during this during the season, and then it also you know spread internationally to a different type of sports like soccer. <laughs> You've seen a lot of European soccer players do it, and it became a big thing. But I think since it got picked up so much, and a lot of everybody's doing it yeah. in celebrations, you're seeing softball teams do it. Cheerleading teams do it as they're being thrown up in stunts. Like the dab has gone universal, and now I feel Cam is trying to identify himself with something else, and I think it's time to move on. So, you know, so long to the dab. Yeah, I I have to. I'm I'm accepting it. I'm accepting it slowly. But uh, according, this is to Cam Newton. He spoke to WFNZ Radio this morning. I have put this. He said, and I quote: "I have put that to the side. I have time." I have until September to find out a new celebration. It's just I think it's gonna be a, a hard process for you, Ed. It's not gonna to be get easy. Over. I'm just I'm dabbing I'm my just mind. I'm looking right in your now. eyes and I'm can't... seeing the sorrow and the hurt and the pain. It's a lot. But there will be something to replace it. It takes time. Time heals all wounds. I don't want him to start Millie rocking in the, no. in the end zone. That's just, no. I just, you know, I know you do it on every block, but not in the end zone. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's just my thing. No, I think the Millie rock is going to take its take be pushed aside by many people next season as well. I hope so. I hope so. It's just too Something many people. Something new going to happen. I mean... Odell Beckham, he switches up a lot, you know what I mean? So there might be something that he starts and maybe, you know, could develop a new concept for, you know, Cam. So I, I gotta, I gotta a lot, there's, there's so many possibilities. There's so many possibilities for end zone celebrations. I, I got to be honest with you. I personally don't think, I, I just, I don't think they'll be able to replace it, but we'll see. We will see. I know they had the icky shuffle. I'm trying to think about the past dance, the icky shuffle. Oh yeah, okay, that's, that's a throwback. That that's, is a throwback. That's the '80s. Icky shuffle was big. Dirty Bird. That was Jamal Anderson, the Falcons. I don't know if you remember that. I don't. I don't think I remember that one. The Dirty Bird. Oh, that's all, it, it's basically it. this in the end zone. So I think. It, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. The Dirty Bird. We had that. The Mile High Salute. Which that was one's the, that? The Broncos would score a touchdown, and they used to look at each other and salute each other. Okay. They would just do this to each other. Uh, that was a big Terrell Davis thing back in the day. Uh, I'm trying to think. What else? The uh, 
One place is the Gagnum style dance. The yes, I forgot yes. who was it from the. I think Gronk. Raven? Gronk used to do it a lot. Somebody else did. I'm trying to think who, who did Gangman style? They they did that. I was happy to retire that one. I was yeah. It got was it was dumb. it got played out. That's the problem with these. The da- the Enzo dances need to be unique. Once like other people start picking them up. Then it's like it's not as special, like like you said, like especially when teams have them coordinated together, mm-hmm. that's great. Or you know, iconic players have theirs. Exactly. Didn't Ray Lewis have something too? Ray Lewis had his weird dance. I forgot what he called it. It was his war dance. Yeah. It was his special war dance. I, I remember that. I don't know what it, what the special name was for it. Yeah, but, but he, he did it all the time, and he was, was proud just of the Ray it. Lewis. The Ray Lewis. Yeah, that's what we call the Ray Lewis. Everyone tries to mimic it, but. Only Ray Lewis does it. There could only be one. I just first of all, that's one thing. Let's bring up Ray Lewis real quick. He, I think he recently got fired from ESPN. He did. I think he did. I think no one else. Because it's not because he did anything wrong. It's because they were just cutting people off. Oh wow! I know it, they they that's cut unfortunate. A, they cut a bunch of people from what I heard. I am not completely sure about that, but I just love how he gave his inspirational speeches. Mm-hmm. And it, it'll be just over anything. Ray Lewis would just get inspirational speech about something. Yeah, and it, that's just who he is. It's just like. <laughs> like okay, Ray. Like you know, I, I get it. You Aww, know, that's sad if he got fired. I think he did. He, he was a sad. He he's got money. Yeah, I know. But still, <laughs> like you said, those inspirational speeches, regardless of what they were over, <laughs> are about. Speaking of inspirational, of course, you know, every Wednesday on the NFL Network, they do a the countdown of the top 100 players of right top 100 players right now, voted by the players themselves. Mm-hmm. Here's 50 through 41. Number 50, Devontae Freeman, uh, you know, from the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Great year. Um, kind of slowed down at the end of the year. That's why they started to struggle. 49, Fletcher Cox, a defensive tackle from the Philadelphia Eagles. Chandler Jones, defensive end from the New England Patriots, that's 48. 47, Elite Manning. <laughs> elite, that's what I'm calling him. Need I say more from the New York Giants? Going to go into number 46 once everything starts to load because we are doing this off the computer. <laughs> Philip Rivers is number 46 for the San Diego Chargers. He's one of those guys that's always up and down. I can never tell if he's a good player or not. Just can't seem to find a way to break through. Trent Williams, a tackle for the Washington Redskins, is number 45. 44, Tyler Eifert. And he's another situation, great tight end for the Cincinnati Bengals. He got injured in the Pro Bowl. Oh, last okay. year. Mm-hmm. So he may be missing a couple of games at the beginning of the season. That sucks to get injured in an all-star game. Right. You know, so. But good for them it's, it's at the, you know, after the season. Yeah, we're still going to feel the effects of it for next yeah, season. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's the true. That yeah. yeah. And speaking of which, the Pro Bowl will no longer be in Hawaii. It's going to be in Orlando. Yeah. Starting this year. So people can actually go. You know, right. You exactly. Plan your life around going to Hawaii. Cause that's a six hour trip. I know. Trust me. And very costly. Well, it's an 11-hour trip, but it's a six-hour time difference. That's the tough part about mm-hmm. it. Uh, Ezekiel Ansah. I might be saying this wrong. Defensive end for the Detroit Lions. He's at 43. We got uh, Tyron Smith at number 42. Tackle for the Dallas Cowboys. And at number 41, like I said earlier, Le'Veon Bell, who last year was at number 16. Wow. And only, it's because he got hurt. Yeah. Le'Veon Bell, and I don't know, do you play fantasy football? No. <laughs> oh, you, you dismissed that really quick. I, I just don't think I have the skills <laughs> to do it. I don't, like, mentally, yeah. Don't have the mental capacity for that. There is no skill necessary in I mean, fantasy but football. It, you have to have some type of mental capacity, and I don't think I have that. Wow. Okay. That's honest. That's yeah. 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 Don't. 
I could be the fantasy football queen next season, so don't sleep on me. Not going to sleep on you. So let me just make sure because fantasy football. Now, I, I do a fantasy football league with a group of guys. We're in our sixth year doing it. Wow. Yeah, six years. Dedication. It gets very violent. Very exactly. Violent. That's why I'm like, I don't have the mental capacity for how serious <laughs> it gets. We do a live draft and everything. I'm talking wow. about everybody brings their laptop. They got a big board. You have a clock. And you yeah. have to choose. It's that big. Yeah. And it's a good payday for anybody who wins. So mm-hmm. it's really a big deal. And I got to ask you now because, you know, when you see men, a bunch of grown men <laughs> playing fantasy football, what are your thoughts? Are you one of those, like, one of those ladies that hate that? Like if your guy is playing fantasy football, for example. I mean, there's – everybody has to have their thing that they get very serious about. Like, it could be – like, just the way some females, you know, obsess over yeah. a certain shoe getting sold out or a certain bag not being in stock anymore or, you know, their their hair doesn't look good, their makeup doesn't look good. You know, <laughs> men are allowed to have that little, you know, silly moment where they, you know, put too much energy towards certain things. But then again, it's also – it's a huge thing all over, and it's, it's, it's actually a lot of fun, and it brings that competitive aspect to it. And, you know, I used to work at a bar and then, you know, seeing people like at the end of a game, yeah. like, no, man, the oh, points. my God, yeah. my points. This is a terrible game for him. It's, it's, it's so funny to see. <laughs> and it's like it's just interesting how it just get, develops into this huge thing every season. And some people get so much money from it, you know, and it's I don't know. I don't think it's it's bad. Like if I had a, a boyfriend who was very into it, I mean, as mm-hmm. long as you're showing me the right amount of attention, I'm fine. But I, w- I would love to get into fantasy football. So I'll, I'll <laughs> I probably won't be too opposed of well, of it. I give you some tips, okay? Especially for you to at least understand the basics of it. Yes. And forever, like like I said, you know, you get in a relationship and you got to deal with a guy that isn't a fantasy football. You understand there are boundaries. <laughs> there are boundaries. Seriously, like certain games, you know, you just can't be bothered. You got to focus. <laughs> yes, yes, You got to yes. focus. Man, has to focus. It's like, I need, you know, I need Adrian Peterson to get 200 yards this game. <laughs> it's a big deal. It's important stuff. You never know. I'm telling you, I won one year. And, wow. Yeah, and it was really good. Went over $1,000. I was like, Sheesh. yes. These are all legal things to do. Just want to make sure it's not illegal. This is all legal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it's a good payday. You know, mm-hmm. you do it right, you're going to be good. Yeah. So, ladies. Takes a lot. Ladies, if you're listening and you know a guy that's playing fantasy football, he's not just doing it for his own enjoyment. He's doing it for your future as well. <laughs> he's doing it for all of our futures, okay? That's what it's all about, all right? Investing in our future. Exactly. See? It's nothing to do with the stock market there. It's just playing, playing football. That's all it is. <laughs> That's all it is. Um, I do want to say this because I was actually going into the whole Le'Veon Bell thing, got into his injuries. Um, I hate that when you when you have like a fantasy football lineup or even like they're doing their their lineups here for top one hundred players, mm-hmm. injuries knock you off completely. Like it, yeah, it doesn't I notice that you're forgotten. You're just easily forgotten like that. If it gets how talented you are, Le'Veon Bell when they start doing drafts again, he'll be in the top ten. People are going to take him right away. So it's very interesting to see that he was at 41. That's why I go to NFL.com, and that's the first thing they say. Le'Veon Bell voted number 41. Yeah. I remember in the NBA, they do the same list, Mm -hmm. but they don't publicize it the way uh, the NFL does. Yeah, the NFL makes it a little bit bigger, deal. They had Kobe, I remember, at 20-something one year, and then he went down. Oh, I remember remember that. Yeah. Yeah. He was upset. Yeah, I remember that. He was upset about that. I it's, totally remember that the being a huge deal. Mm-hmm. They rated every single player in the league, and Kobe was pissed mm-hmm. that he was not only I forgot what number he was, but he was not in the top ten, obviously, or top twenty. Yeah, he was very upset about it. 
So I always wonder these players, like, when they get home and they're actually, like, checking out the TV and they see where they're ranked and there's, there's a guy they feel like they're better than, ranked higher than them. Yeah. How do you react? Like, that's my question. It's kind of like how Draymond Green remembers everybody who was drafted before him. You know what I mean? Oh like, those, that type of situation. Like, you always want to feel like you're better than somebody and you want somebody to be able to say it. So when nobody's saying it and you're just sitting there with your own thoughts, you're going to be so... So vexed about it. You're just going to be sitting at home thinking what you could have done better. Why are they thinking this way? There's no way. Like, uh, you, It's probably the worst feeling ever, especially when it's broadcasted. But then you also have the people who back you up and say, you know, why that person shouldn't be, you know, named before you and whatnot. So it, it's just part of being an athlete. Like yeah. those things, those lists, like people make lists on every single thing. If you can't get over it, then... You just you go back to the whole soft. Soft, thing. exactly. Soft. Don't say that. Then you're soft. You're soft. Exactly. How about this? Um, before we go to break, I'm gonna play Draymond Green naming oh. all the people that got <laughs> drafted ahead of him because it's hurt him so much. You know, this was this bothered him so much. Cue the violin while you're playing. It. <laughs> <laughs> and when we come back, we're gonna finish off the show talking a little throwback Thursday. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna talk about classic moments, and I'm gonna bring up, I'm gonna finally reveal. That moment that happened 17 years ago in baseball. Remember I said that in the beginning of the show? Yeah. I'm gonna bring I'm gonna reveal that moment, okay? You listen to Sports Social at Easton here on Soundcast FM. Here we go. Uh number one, Anthony Davis. Number two, Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Number three, Brad Bill. Number four, Deion Waiters. Number five, Thomas Robinson. Number six, Damian Lillard. Seven, HB. Eight was Terrence Ross. Nine was Andre Drummond. 10 was Austin uh, Austin Rivers. 11 was Myers Leonard. Um, 12 was Jeremy Lamb. 13 was Kendall, Kendall Marshall. 14 was John Henson. 15 was Mo Harkless. 16 was Royce White. 17 was Tyler Zeller. 18 was Terrence Jones. 19 was Andrew Nicholson. 20 was... 20, who had the 20th pick? Evan Fournier, 21 was Fab Mello, 22, Jared Sullinger, 23, John Jenkins, 24, who had the 24th pick? 24, 24, 24, John Jenkins went 24, 20, let me see, okay, so Tony Roden was 25, so 24 was, they went, that was the traded pick from Cleveland. Dallas got the pick, Jared Cunningham. Oh my god. 25 gosh. was Tony Roden. 26 was Miles Plumley. 27 was Arnett Moultrie. 28, Perry Jones. 29, T. 30, Festus. 31 was Jeff Taylor. No. Yeah. 31, Jeff Taylor. 32, Thomas Sadaronski. 33, Bernard James. And 34 was. No. 33. Yeah. 33 was Bernard James. And 34 was Jay Crawford.
go to 12 pitches, drop a position player, or maybe Mahomes would be the pitcher to go down. Runner going, they pitch out, Piazza's throw, not handled. And it's a stolen base, number 21 for Shannon Stewart. Wait a minute now, uh-oh, what happened here? Did he make contact with the glove? Oh, a catcher's, no, not a catcher's balk. Brebeck awarded first base. Interference? I think Bobby Valentine. I think Bobby Valentine might be arguing that in an attempt to protect the base runner, Stewart stepped across home plate. Let's see if he crashed off. You can make contact. Let's take a look again. Piazza goes out for the pitch out. I don't even see Greenback. I know. I don't know what they called right there. I have no idea what they called. Piazza way out in front. And maybe they're saying he's too far out in front, and Grebeck didn't have an opportunity to even throw the bat at the ball. Now, I'll tell you what. If Grebeck throws the bat at the ball, he hits Piazza. And a lot of times on a pitch out, a hitter will throw the bat at the ball. I think from that angle, that was the call that Piazza got out too yeah, quickly. Couldn't do it. And now Ricky leads off the bottom of the 13th against Graham Lloyd and takes a strike. So it'll be Henderson, Alfonso. And remember now, the pitcher is in the third slot with John Olerud having been replaced as part of the double switch. Hey, Bobby Valentine, the dugout. Wait. Give me that Well, Bobby was thrown out on that catcher's interference call, and he's gone incognito. Sorry, Skip, we got you. We're back, Sports Social, Eddie, the Hero Southcast FM. We got Naomi Gray in the building now. You have, you guys obviously couldn't see it, but you heard the reactions from the from the announcers. Now, this was back in 1999, like I said, 17 years ago. This date, Bobby Valentine, the then manager for the New York Mets, got ejected for arguing a, a, a throwout call at second base. <laughs> so, because he got ejected by rule, you're supposed to leave the entire field, leave the dugout. That's it, right? Yeah. That's the rule. He decided he's going to take off his jersey, 
dress up like a regular civilian with a <laughs> fake mustache and sunglasses and wait in the dugout. My thing is, <laughs> who gave him the fake mustache? The sunglasses are easy to get. Where, like, did he have this? Like, the, he probably had this plotted, like, just in case this ever happens, I'm gonna I, have my fake mustache in my bag. I've never, it's never been done since, obviously, but he got suspended for doing that. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> it was just funny. That's why they all laugh because he has a legit fake mustache on <laughs> with sunglasses and a shirt, like a regular t shirt on. He's, he's He's been anticipating that moment. He had to have been. That had to be the funniest thing I've ever seen. And for, this is a professional, this is professional ranks, let's be honest. You know what I mean? You don't see things like that. Right. So for them to pull that off, and that happened 17 years ago today. So I just wanted to put that out there. Like yesterday, I played the Larry Bird clips with him doing what he did. And of course, Teron Lou earlier in the week. So that was a throwback for today. Um, I'm, now this got me thinking. This is just to make it centralized with sports itself. What would you do if a guy were to do something like that? Like, let's say in an NBA game, right? Mm -hmm. He was to say he got thrown out of the game and he put on like another player's jersey, came out with a full goatee mustache or something like that. (laughs) How would you handle that if you're a referee? What would you do? You would go crazy over somebody like that. Yeah, of course. Like, get get that, get out of here. Are you crazy? But. I, I'm I'm a big jokester, so I would probably just like <laughs> You would be okay with it. I would die. I would I'd just be I would be okay with it, but I'll definitely find it hysterical, but it will take me a while to like enforce the rules because I'll be too busy laughing. Oh yeah. But yeah, like get out of here with that. Like A for effort, but come on. <laughs> that's that's what Bobby Valentine is all about. He's all about the show. Very exciting manager. And uh that was that goes down in baseball history. That was actually from MLB.com. They have that posted. That's how funny that was. So interesting stuff right there. Gotta check it out. Uh final thoughts. We're heading into the weekend of sports. Mm-hmm. What are your final thoughts? What are you looking forward to? Definitely looking forward to the rest of the NBA finals. I know that it's like, you know, being covered everywhere, but it's it's a big deal. And I'm looking forward to this being a, a like I was saying earlier, like a real series. Like I want to see some competitiveness in this in these last few games. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, Yeah, right now that's the biggest thing for me. Okay. Well, I'm definitely looking, like you said, the NBA Finals. I want to see how that whole thing um, shakes up. Uh, Another thing that the NHL, obviously tonight, this series is going to end with Pittsburgh. Can they finally pull it out? That's a big deal. Um, I'm looking forward to Old Timers Day, which is going to take place at Yankee Stadium this Sunday. Oh, yeah. It's a great event. I love Old Timers Day. They bring back, you know, some of the classic players that hopefully are still alive in, you know, Yankee pinstripes because it's been a long time. They do this every year. Uh, you can see Bernie Williams again on the field, Paul O'Neill on the field, all the classic Yankees, Tino Martinez. Um, I believe they have the rosters already posted, but it's always a fun event. Uh, that's on Sunday. I actually thought about going, but I may have another other plans. But it's a fun event. They do it once a year. And it's weird. It's going to be the first year without Yogi Berra because Yogi Berra passed away last year. So, oh, yeah. You know, this is the 70th. Old Timers Day at Yankee Stadium, so it's uh, it's, a big deal. Be, it's a def- definitely a huge deal, and um, it's always a lot of fun for everybody that attends it, and it should be a nice day at Yankee Stadium. So I'm definitely gonna look forward to that. Absolutely. Um, I did say the finals, you know, making sure that's gonna be good, and um, other than that, just some whatever's going on in sports. You know, the Olympics. Hopefully, no one else tries to say they they, they can't play because of the I Zika know, virus. Right. That seems to be the the big excuse this year. Zika virus can't play. Can't do it. Just can't do it. Tell you, we're going to really wake up one day and it's going to be Shane Larkin and uh, and a whole bunch of players on, on the USA team that decide to go because everybody else ain't going to want to play. And that's the thing we're going to have to worry about. Lamar- LaMarcus Aldridge said he's not playing. 
Um, there's a bunch of guys just not playing, so we got to be worried here. Yeah, it's, you know? it's. I'm interested to see who who's going to be on that team. I think they're going to be fine, but it's it's a little scary now to see how much people are just dropping dropping out. Oh yeah, either because of injury or whatever the Fear. injury quote unquote injury quote unquote. I want to keep my summer, you know. I'm telling you, if they ask Kobe again, Kobe like, I'll do it. You yeah, Kobe will jump. I was literally about to say that. Kobe will cancel all his, his plans. summer plans. He's like, I'm doing it, you know? <laughs> he has enough time to go on vacation. Summer means nothing. Exactly. Because he knows it'll be, yeah, it'll be home the whole time. Right. <laughs> Him and Vanessa Bryant, you know? Make sure you make, make that work. Make it work, Kobe. <laughs> Listen, Kobe, I, I, you know. I, I, what's the song go? How does it go? Which one? She wasn't with you shooting in the gym. Oh, yeah. She's making a hundred something million off uh, Kobe. Oh, wow. We got all about that. Kobe. Hang in there, Kobe. Hang Stop. in there, man. <laughs> it's the cheaper to keep it. That's a lot, man. All Stop right. it. Stay, faith, stay faithful, all you athletes out there. Right. Uh, with that being said, everybody have a great weekend. Enjoy the weather. Yeah. We, we definitely plan on doing that today. And we'll be back next week. This is Sports Social Eddie Easton for Naomi Gray. Have a good one. I was wondering, you know, if she could keep on because the force, it's got a lot of power and it makes me feel like, it it makes me feel like Sensation, awesome sensation.